2: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a great discussion about how to truly make your business successful starting from the ground up. And you'll see what I mean about that when we really get into this discussion, because it's it's going to be fascinating. So please join me in welcoming Tabitha Laser to our program today. Welcome, Tabitha.
1: Thank you, Deb. I'm, I'm excited to be here.
2: Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit more about you. So Tabitha Laser is a multifaceted professional with over 25 years of leadership experience, including government agencies and Fortune 500 companies like BP, 3M, and General Mills. Her experience and education have fueled her passion to help shape the next generation of leaders, especially millennials, to avoid the pitfalls of their predecessors and lead beyond best. Tabitha is the author of Organization Culture Killers. This is the first in a series of leadership books she calls The Deadly Practices. Please join me in welcoming executive coach, speaker, and author of Organization Killers Deadly Expectations Number One How to Build Cultures of Success. So, welcome, Tabitha. Thank you. Well, let's take a little bit of a step back and find out how you got to where you are today. How did you decide this was your passion?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, actually. Uh, I, I for a long time, have been in more of an EHS, environmental health and safety, okay. field. And that really started because my dad almost died uh, in front of me when oh, I was dear. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he tried to light a barbecue pit with gasoline. Mm-hmm. It didn't go so well.
2: Oh, boy. And that's one of those guy things, isn't it?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he'd actually taught me how to do it right before mm-hmm. Caught himself on fire, and so I think that der- guided me towards the safety field. That mm-hmm. I really believe my core and my passion from early age was more uh, leadership and and coaching, and so I took that role early mm-hmm. on, um, mm-hmm. right out of out of college. Went to work for 3M mm-hmm. and learned. I mean, they were talking about culture before culture was even a buzzword, right? 3M and, uh,
2: really was a big innovator in that, yeah. Yeah. And so I
1: learned a lot of what good could look like, mm-hmm. right? And after I left there, uh, everywhere I went, I was kind of the builder and fixer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And believe me, I built and fixed a lot. <laughs> you know, And what I noticed through through my years with different organizations was I was starting to see trends, of mm-hmm. things that we were doing over and over again. And it wasn't until I left BP and went to work for CH2M, which is mm-hmm. now Jacobs Engineering, Mm -hmm. and I was a global health and safety practice leader. Mm -hmm. So I was really working with every single client about their strategy and their culture Mm -hmm. across the globe. And so it went from one every two years to 10 a month Mm -hmm. where I was seeing the repetitiveness of the issues, Mm -hmm. right? And it actually got quite depressing after a couple of years because what I noticed was Biggest thing was we really don't educate our leaders to be leaders, mm-hmm. right? We're more managers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and from an early age, from school on, and so I really thought there was a need to share the learnings of the things that people do, you know, that organizations do mm-hmm. well, and the leadership skills needed, mm-hmm. and really, it just hit a wall. I just mm-hmm. hit a wall, and I told my husband, I'm like, I just can't do this. I don't feel like I'm I'm having a big enough impact
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that, that was pretty much uh, my moment, right? He said, well, then quit, you know, go ahead. And you've always wanted to write a book, do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So here I am. So I quit and resigned and immediately started working on the book and realized it wasn't one book. It was going to be a whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so much information.
2: Right. Well, you mentioned that there's a difference between managing and leading yeah. but but tell us a little bit more about that yeah
1: yeah i a great example is i'm an awful manager i do mm-hmm. task management okay but i'm an awful manager of of people uh not saying i'm great at it i'm just a good observer and coach right mm-hmm. but managing is is handling the detail day to day getting things done so in school i mean think early on you know we have to turn in homework. Right. We have to do tests. We have to follow the teacher's instructions. We have to walk in single file. Mm-hmm. All the way through college, you do your assignments now online, right? You do assignments. Mm-hmm. You talk to people via text. You it's it's very management. You mm-hmm. do, do do do. Right. And then leadership's kind of different, right? So leadership is more you inspire others. So I, I take the approach with leadership that I edu- I, I define my expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I educate folks on what my expectations are. Right. I trust them to do that. If not, do more. And mm-hmm. I I love having folks that do way better than me because they make me look better. Right. right. And I can I can in- educate and inspire thousands. And then all I have to do is have touch points where I go out and assure and check on them, and make Mm -hmm. sure things are going good, and if they're not, then coach them to help them improve, never with the negative, Mm -hmm. right, you're awful, Mm -hmm. there is no awful, there's just need for improvement, Mm -hmm. and that's leadership, you're able to impact way more, you're you're fostering a culture where people want to do better, to one, you know, make you proud, Mm -hmm. because you trust them, but two, because they want to do better, and Mm -hmm. if you do it right, you actually can help foster more leaders who lead even more. So it it has more impact. Uh, We don't teach those skills. And and honestly, for 15 years, I was more of a task manager, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Who wanted, I I think I had a secret leader inside me, but just (laughs) didn't exactly know how to do it because I hadn't been taught Mm -hmm. how. And I actually had a leader with BP who stepped up Um, He actually stepped in and saved me. I was getting ready to resign after I had an awful confrontation with somebody Mm -hmm. over an issue. And I just said, I can't put up with these people. He said, no, 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 I don't want you to go. He Mm -hmm. he said, I see your potential. You're Mm -hmm. smart. You have a passion. Very few have. Mm -hmm. And he actually sent me to what was called cancel coaching back in the day. Now it's Reich coaching Mm -hmm. out in Scotland. Mm. And that was a week-long program, and there was world leaders in there with me right The most amazing leadership training i've I've been to all of them, right mm-hmm. Being here, HR sends me to everything uh, in the u s but I went through this and it really it broke down so I understood my core mm-hmm. and who I was. It taught me how to understand others better mm-hmm. eight for two and back from that training and mm-hmm. my husband and other different person that was my aha moment for leaders was wow we just don't do it right there's Mm -hmm. so much we need to do to leaders and there's so much learning that we hold in with those right Mm -hmm. we we have experiences they're pain when we don't share them Mm because we want other people to pain Mm -hmm. And, and I think developing leaders to be better than what we have now involving mm-hmm. learnings as well as developing education tools for those leaders.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that that I see is, you know, you mentioned, you know, people, you know, some people are just meant to be leaders and some people are meant to be managers. and And that's, you know, not good or bad. I mean, the really good thing is when people recognize which ones they are supposed to be, I see a lot of people who are in a leadership role who still want to be the manager, you know, they, they, maybe they work their way up. And so they still want to be that in the trenches that, you know, micromanaging almost type of person. And maybe not so much, you know, quite so detailed, but they, they want to be more involved rather than leading the overall organization or, you know, department or whatever it is.
1: Yes. So I agree. Um, but I think there's there's confusion there because the leaders who want to be involved in, in the trenches, especially mm-hmm. the micromanagers, a lot of times just need that coaching to understand the, the destruction that they're causing mm-hmm. with their approach. Right. They can still be in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And they can still be out. I mean, in fact, I would encourage that. I'm a leader that's always out there. You know, I've climbed right. wind towers 23 stories, mm-hmm. sat up there without a bathroom for eight hours, mm-hmm. right. you know, and worked with the, the the folks. So, you know, being in the trenches and being a leader totally go together. The problem mm-hmm. comes when, again, those those people haven't been educated or understand what actually being a leader means mm-hmm. they don't know right. how to take off that manager hat and be a leader while they're in the trenches
0: mm-hmm. they, can't, right. they
1: get confused between the two
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was again I was the same way before I went through that training mm-hmm. um, and I'm a certified coach with that program now and I think it's amazing
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: it's life-changing to understand the difference between micromanaging and Leading and inspiring, and right. and so even those folks who want to do it, it's it's not hard uh, to shift mm-hmm. to to understand the differences and, and get there to where you can be an inspiring leader and mm-hmm. hands on.
2: Right? Yeah, and and you're right. I think it, the the leader does need to be <coughs> excuse me hands on, especially because they, they need to know what's going on. Um, you know, I think where we see problems occur is when you've got the leaders in their ivory towers right. or, you know, they're, they're up on the, you know, the whatever floor and they never come down. So they don't understand what's actually going on. Yes. You know, and, and, and that really tends to be the problem is they, they think they can't. Maybe is is the best way to put it. You know, well, the you know I, I shouldn't walk around, and I've shared this before with uh, some uh, you know a couple of times on my program, M- several years ago, actually many years ago. Now it seems like I worked for ING, the big financial company, mm-hmm. and you know it, this was in Denver. I reported directly to the CEO, um, wonderful man. I really liked working with him, but he was of course on the top floor of the building, and all the rest of us were down on other floors. Well, he decided you know or was you know su- as suggested by hr or whatever to start going to the various floors which you know there were 16 floors and start walking around and meeting people and saying hi well he had never done that and so that just immediately caused terror <laughs> what's he doing here? Why's he here why is he here
1: what do we do wrong
2: yeah you know, quick hide you know and 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 of course, it was cubicle world, so we only had the five foot walls, and so you could see that he was walking around, and so it was a fantastic concept. But and and then once people got used to the fact that he really wasn't there to you know to see you know how was your cubicle decorated or were you playing solitaire or your computer or you know chatting too much or all those things, he really was just trying to get to know people. It worked, Um, you know. But it was it really was you know fascinating to kind of watch because. I was the, the head of communications, and so a lot of people came to me and said, "What's going on? What? Why is he here?" Um, yeah. You know, and and so it's it is tricky when the leader does you know, it, especially if they have been off in their little ivory tower. So, of course, the important thing is to never get yourself there. To kind of always be that person that is walking the halls and seeing what's going on. Right.
1: Right. And and you know, he must have had a good coach because that's that exact same scenario has happened many times where this the CEO is told mm-hmm. to start walking, right? We right. hear about them. Okay, you got to do site tours, right? right. Mm-hmm. Once a week, you got to get out there. Mm-hmm. And they do turn into the not, the police, right? right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the uninspiring, they come out and they, what are you doing wrong? And mm-hmm. why is this? And why aren't you doing this? Right. And it'll kill the culture really mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you said, fear. Um, so he had some good coaching and, mm-hmm. and there is there is an art to observations and conversations when leaders go out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know in their expectations they should be looking to learn right right from others how Mm -hmm. are things what are what can we do better you know do you have any recommend that's Mm -hmm. what they should be looking for when they go out not looking to
2: fire somebody
1: yeah. Not yeah. looking to find problems. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a child. They say 5.9
2: mm-hmm.
1: round up to six positives mm-hmm. for every one negative. Mm-hmm. And if you keep that in your mind, when you're out speaking to people, you don't want to focus on the negative. You want to focus on the positive and what, you know, what issues looking in the mirror, what are things I can do to make your
2: world better? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's important. Well, and of course, the important part of that—I almost said importantest. <laughs> I like it. Let's make part it. of that. <laughs> the most important part is the culture. You know, right. do people know that if somebody, the manager, the CEO, the whoever, asks for suggestions that they can give them without getting their their head right. chopped off or worse, you know, right. lose their job? And so, you know, that I think that's a we're we're talking today about culture killers. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I alluded at the start of the program that, you know, it really starts at the ground up yeah. and it truly is, you have to build that strong foundation and that is the, the premise of your book. So let's kind of start from there. How does a company, you know, and, and it's it's tricky because, you know, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs and their company is their one person or, you know, maybe two or three, but we also have listeners who you know, have companies that they are a part of that, you know, is is a huge organization that's been around for years. Let's talk about that foundation. You know, can, If we didn't start right, can we go back and fix it? Um, you know, of course, the important, the, 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 what we really want to do is start right. You know, you build that foundation right to start with so the house doesn't fall down on us. But what are the important things that we need to do to build that strong foundation?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a great question and... And,
2: and there uh, were like eight in there at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I was like. So it, for the smaller groups, I think this is critical and mm-hmm. this is, gets missed a lot. I've done a lot of consulting for small organizations and what I've, what I've found is they go under rapidly, mm-hmm. right? They'll have, they'll struggle, they'll fold, they'll sell quickly, and a lot of times they'll go, they'll reinvent themselves and they'll have the same issues. Right. Right. And the same issues. And they're, they're blaming the people. Mm-hmm. Right. I've had one uh, where we met and he said, yeah, we had a great company. We made all this money. We grew really quickly. And then, you know, it just fell apart, you know, mm-hmm. and, I started again and you know, this is going really great, but now I'm having issues with my people. The turnover mm-hmm. is high and people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And, and I asked, I said, well, have you defined your expectations for success? Where, mm-hmm. where is your, your mission, vision, values, all of this? And he didn't, he just didn't have them. Right. And I said, you know, I'd be happy to come in and do a culture assessment and really see where are the issues? Is it the people or is it the fact that, as a small organization, you kind of said, here's. I know what I need to do and what I need, and I start hiring people, telling them what to do again, managing, right? Mm-hmm. And you build. What you're basically doing is building your organization, or imagine a, a, a skyscraper, right? Mm-hmm. And you're starting with the first level, and you're building it on quicksand,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: <laughs> it may you gonna know,
2: shift you, and move and eek. <laughs> yeah,
1: you may be able to build it and mm-hmm. staff it and and. All that on top of this quicksand, you gotta keep going faster and faster and faster because your building's sinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just have to do more and more faster without thought. And soon, sooner or later it's gonna go under.
0: Because mm-hmm. you
1: didn't you didn't one, you didn't properly plan. Mm-hmm. And planning like building a building, you gotta pick a site that's not quicksand. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, for at least somewhere that's well, there. <laughs> yeah, not <down laughs> on the edge of a cliff where mm-hmm. you know, and um and then once you actually do your planning and see what you want and define success, what success is going to look like, then you have to set up your expectations, which mm-hmm. is your foundation, right? Your expectations. What do you expect folks to do to get you to success? Mm-hmm. What are those expectations? Right. And I, in my book, I, I, I define that, that foundation for success as opals. I've worked for a lot of organizations that have operating management systems. Mm-hmm infrastructure management systems or HR management systems or Mm -hmm. safety management. They have all these different systems, but in honesty, you need one system. Anywhere Mm -hmm. you have multiple different system management systems, you have potential for error when there's cross sections. Right. Right. So the OPALS is their operating and performance all-inclusive. It's a whole organization leadership system, mm-hmm. and what that does is takes all of the basic things an organization needs to start. Not one mm-hmm. of the like a BP they had hundreds, right? Mm-hmm. This is the real basic things you need to define mm-hmm. to build a strong, start building a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And so, going to another of your questions, right? If you take this Opals Gap assessment. Uh, which will be available after the book's launch on the 19th mm-hmm. online, the real mm-hmm. basic one. If you take that and just go through it as a new organization, it'll help you get started, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As an existing organization, you can go, whoa, we haven't done that. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's Wait, a stop, stop, back right? up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder once you're already going, right? Because you've mm-hmm. already kind of ingrained everything in your culture and you're going to have to fix it, which mm-hmm. Is more difficult, but it can be done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, so that's that's what I recommend: is wherever you're at, stop, mm-hmm. know, read the book, look at the Opals checklist, and just go through and see where you are. Do a help. Right. You know, if you're really bad off, um, I do have Opals assessors mm-hmm. who will come out and do gap assessments and mm-hmm. culture assessments, and mm-hmm. also help you develop um, your strong foundation. Mm-hmm and and coach your folks on how to implement it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe third parties should implement things for organizations. I believe right. that should be done by the leadership. Mm-hmm. So, it, it
2: never sticks if a third party does it. No, it
1: doesn't. Um, it's great to have a third party assess,
2: mm-hmm. especially
1: if you already have a broken culture mm-hmm. because they'll come in as impartial and they'll get more honesty. Mm-hmm. But going forward, even that, the leadership, should step in and start doing that on a more consistent basis. So right. We encourage leadership to participate with us in the mm-hmm. culture assessment, so they get the visibility and they mm-hmm. have to learn how to how to have that engagement. Right.
2: And and of course, this is this kind of goes without saying, but we have to say it: the leaders, you know, and and and, and it doesn't matter if it's the CEO of the company or you know maybe it's a volunteer organization, whatever it is. If they're not hundred percent committed to this, it's not gonna work. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? And no, we've seen that all happen, right? Where you know a department went, ooh, let's do this. Mm. And it gets going really well. Well, you know, it, then it, it gets derailed because the, the leadership doesn't understand it, doesn't buy into it, won't fund it, you know, if, if it takes money, you know, things like that. And so if you don't have it, obviously from the top down from the very start. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. you know, and, and it's funny because we're talking about building from the ground up. And maybe we need to say those leadership, that, they're, the, they're the foundation.
1: That's exactly what I say in my book is we're flipping the script, y'all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, leadership, we build from the ground up. You mm-hmm. need to stop saying from the top down because they're not the top. The mm-hmm. people that perform the work mm-hmm. and deliver success. Your culture of success are your workers. They are the top. Right. They are the top. You mm-hmm. are the foundation. Mm-hmm. Leaders are the foundation, and they hold. They define that foundation, and they determine if the organization sinks or swims. Right. And they need to stop at blaming the top. The mm-hmm. top's up there just delivering what they're they're told to deliver. Mm-hmm. If they mess up, it's usually a system issue from the foundation. You can right. track it all the way back down. Talk about root cause. You know, it could be actually below the foundation mm-hmm. and what type of what type of uh, where did they build upon? Right. Back to the you know? quicksand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a ground up and mm-hmm. and in the book also it's interesting you keep you, you mentioned the foundation, but I also have it took me a while to figure out how to define this, but the the concrete barrier is real.
0: Right. And
1: that goes back to your, your sitting in the ivory tower. Mm-hmm. The concrete barrier is when you define your foundation and you have your leadership thinking they're at top, mm-hmm. right? But they're really at the foundation mm-hmm. and they build this concrete barrier that limits the communication of the expectations mm-hmm. to the delivery mechanisms, the people. right? And so they basically block their path first path of success,
0: mm-hmm.
1: preventing their organization from having a culture of success.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the ways, like you said, if, if I go out and bark orders, I have fear, mm-hmm. right? And people aren't going to tell me what's wrong right? because they're going to fear that. So that's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. If, if when people tell me I come down on them as a leader, then there's fear mm-hmm. that goes into that, that concrete barrier. And there's also um, incentives. Mm-hmm. So we incentivize people to lie. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> when we, Hello, when Wells we, Fargo. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we incentivize people on lagging indicators mm-hmm. things that have already happened, they can they can manipulate how that data looks or mm-hmm. they can be very creative in how they put the data in. Right. Right. So we incentivize people to lie. They either have, you know, fear or the third one. Uh, goes back to in the ivory tower as well we just don't listen <laughs> we don't ask we don't right. mm-hmm. we don't support so like the culture assessments I had one where a senior leadership brought me in mm-hmm. we did some amazing culture assessments and found some amazing data but when it came push came to shove and we sat down with them they they walked out of the room to like right. get a phone call they they just wanted to pay to say they did it
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah so they could tell their employees we tried we tried
1: But when Mm -hmm. it came back to all the issues, almost, Mm -hmm. I'd say 95% of the root causes came back to leadership issues. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) They didn't want to hear it. Uh -uh. No, because
2: they didn't want to admit they had been making mistakes.
1: Right. And that goes into why I chose the direction I did for the book series. Mm -hmm. I originally was going uh, to write these books for existing leaders Mm because, again, I'd been banging my head against the wall and I was just not feeling like I was making an impact. And Mm -hmm. I interviewed over a hundred senior leaders, global leaders, um, government officials that I can't Mm -hmm. mention because they're not allowed to talk to me. Right. Right.
0: Um, You have to kill us all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you know, um, and in one of the discussions, this is how how impactful people can be if you listen, right? In one of the discussions, uh, we were chatting and it was a senior leader and he was a millennial worked mm-hmm. his way up in a large organization wow mm-hmm. yeah and i it took me a little while to pick up on that right because mm-hmm. i don't ask what your age when i reach out to do an interview and i'm like are you a millennial and mm-hmm. yeah i am and he he was having all these frustrations oh my gosh i want to hear more you know mm-hmm. i want to learn more and uh as he got to talking he's like we are your market mm-hmm. he's like we are coming into the workforce with high expectations and um not a lot of tolerance for ignorance mm-hmm. or mistreatment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and he's like, but the problem is when we come in, we're, we're immediately be t- being taught the wrong ways,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the old school ways. And so as much as you're trying to influence the existing leaders, you've got a whole group of like 50% of the workforce coming in here that are getting tainted by mm-hmm the deadly practices and these and these poor approaches. Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you try to help us before we get in here and get broke? Mm-hmm. And it was just an epiphany. It was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's who this book series is for. You right. know, it's for the new leaders to mm-hmm. share the learnings help them develop the leadership uh, that's the the speaking I do is a lot more lead beyond best mm-hmm. it's a lot more geared to the millennials and the newer leaders because it's mm-hmm. giving them those leadership tools that they didn't get and they're not going to get in school because we don't do it right and um and so that you know I my book instantly it was like oh I was at a, a writer's block and it just broke open and mm-hmm. I put more pictures and made big font and made them short, you know, hundred pages so that's it's easy to read mm-hmm. uh, for the newer generation. And uh, yeah, I just, it just took off and Hey, the older generation that's been reading it, say thank you for making right. a big font. Cause we don't need trifocals. To I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> have to
2: <laughs> hold it, you know, but like
1: yeah. feet away. Yeah. And I can read it on an airplane mm-hmm. and it's very, you know, very simple to understand with great takeaways. So yeah, I think I, I think that that individual is. I'm in mean, forever indebted. Mm-hmm. to right. for helping me.
2: Well, and and they will be. You know, if they're not on that leadership track now, they will be. Exactly. And you know, as you mentioned, I mean, the millennials are fifty percent of the workforce. So it just kind of, if you're doing your math, or you know, in any they will be taking over. Um, yes. You know, and 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 you know, obviously, some of the companies, you know, who knows how many won't exist just because you know things like that happen i mean you know i, I saw on the the news uh, just yesterday that jc Penney, one of those you know companies that's been around for a bazillion years is closing more stores A victoria's secret now you know it's closing more stores you know all the as the things change and things shift and and you know and and but at the same point a, a leader is a leader and you know and, and it's it's Maybe you're leading a different type of organization, so online as opposed to retail yes. or something like that. But it it's still the same concepts.
1: Yes, yeah. Lead and even that any department,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we, right. we, you know, you can have leaders. Mm-hmm. If you have people reporting to you, are you going to be a leader, inspiring them to be better mm-hmm. and and help you grow better, or are you going to be a manager who just right. tells people what to do and Gets the job done and mm-hmm. doesn't inspire folks to be innovative, and we just mm-hmm. stay where we are or continue to get worse. Right. So, leadership is not, I mean, you could be a leader in, at school, you, mm-hmm. can leader at mm-hmm. you could be a leader at church, a leader in your
2: community. It's right. Just, well, and anyway. you mentioned, you know, we're talking about managers. Typically, you will have leaders who work for managers. Um, you know, say it's you know the communications department. You know, we had the the leader, the the director of communications, but or and but or you, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. We had like the manager who was the director of communications. Yeah. So they had that title, but then in there, you had a leader. Um, you know, who who kind of and and it was it's always interesting to watch those type of processes go through. And, and that may be where the millennials are really coming in because they're those those leaders or leadership qualities who are reporting to the managers. And so are the managers encouraging them or saying, uh-uh, no, no, you have to follow the rules?
1: Yeah. And, and the millennials still are still management. Right. Not getting much. Oh leadership. yeah, and that's that. Yeah, they, what, they have yeah. the potential still, mm-hmm. right? To right. develop those leadership skills mm-hmm. and the managers, directors, et cetera, in those roles. It's very what you're what you're seeing is is they they don't understand when any employee they get. I, I guess just going back to your point, any employee they get that has leadership potential, mm-hmm. they they misunderstand what that is
2: right. They want right. my job.
1: Well, not, yes, they'll mm-hmm. be threatened by it. Why are mm-hmm. they trying to do better? But the other thing is they go, they don't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't do, they're not sitting here making this person do this or they're not doing enough. And, right. and I know this from experience, right? Mm-hmm. The one confrontation I had that I mentioned earlier was, a uh, um, um, manager mm-hmm. getting in my face saying you don't do anything why aren't you out in the field every day watching mm-hmm. those guys work telling them when they're doing stuff wrong and i'm like well we have field supervisors
2: right they, they don't need that uh-huh.
1: i i educate them on what to do mm-hmm. and i trust that they're going to do it mm-hmm. and they do and they bring me issues if they happen mm-hmm. um and then I just spot check every once in a while. I don't mm-hmm. have to be, I have other things to be working on. I'm inspiring right. and working and leading a, an entire organization. Mm-hmm. I want to be out watching this crew of 10 people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not good use of my time. But that mm-hmm. manager didn't understand that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. No, you're not working mm-hmm. because you're not out there watching those 10 people. He mm-hmm. just couldn't grasp the concept of leadership versus management. And I think right. that's part of the issue right now mm-hmm. is that even in existing organizations with Mm non-millennials. Our managers don't understand what a leader really is. Mm -hmm. It goes right back to that education and competency and our desperate need for more leadership tools. When I was interviewing folks over and over, you know, I sent them out the book concept, what I was working on, why I wanted to speak to them over and over. They were like, I can't believe this doesn't exist already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How does this not exist already? I read hundreds of books and I went back and confirmed there's nothing like this. Mm-hmm. How have we missed this? And right. I it really comes back again to the ego.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at leadership books, they're all about we did this study and we found this and mm-hmm. you do this. This is not that. This is, hey, here's everybody's learnings. Here's where we've screwed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's things we can do to improve. Right. Not this is going to make you best, but mm-hmm. these are things you need to be attentive to. Mm-hmm. So it takes a, a lot of humbleness mm-hmm. to admit everywhere we've screwed up or messed right. up, sorry. And that's, I think, why it just doesn't exist yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit more about the, the book um, because the one of the biggest premises of the book was expectations and that we're not doing them correctly. <laughs> you know, yeah. We either don't define them right, we don't make them clear, um, or we don't have to turn the page, or they're unbalanced. Um, you right. know, we, we just don't do that. And it was funny because as I was reading this, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is so true. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned mission statement. You know, a lot of times companies will have this pithy mission statement. We're going to make the world a better place. Yes, right. Right, yeah. You know? and, and, but they don't say how. Or what, you know, and, and so then as you're going through and talking to people, they're not meeting expectations because they didn't know what those expectations were, Exactly. You know, whether it's that, you know, you're, uh, and, and that's where being specific is what people have to do, you know, and, and we kind of had this whole long thing for, for years where it was, we're going to empower our employees to do what they think is best. Yes. Well, okay, that's that's good in concept. But what I think is best is probably very different from what you think is best. You know, it might be a better product, it might be better customer service, might be more money. You know, all these various things. So then you you end up with things not getting done. Because you know, if I think having a better product is the best thing and you think making money is the best thing, those two might not fit together. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so that's where we really, really have to manage expectations. So talk more about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I started the book series with X ex- deadly expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so important. And, and he, he, it's not about getting down to the detail. So it's, it's kind of, it's more about defining where, what's needed to get you to success, mm-hmm. sustainable success, right. defining that, but defining it in a way that's as simple as possible mm-hmm. and flexible enough that you still have ownership without detracting from where you need to get to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So you still want people to have ownership, but you don't want to give them full reign. Right. That's and I've seen mm-hmm. that, right? Oh, we're decentralized. Everybody right. can do mm-hmm. whatever they want. Oh my gosh, talk about a hot legal mess!
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. And then the others, the other route uh, is they get too many engineers and, and and smart folks in the room, and they they make it overcomplicated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I have to read a five hundred page book to know how to turn on a light switch, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to miss something somewhere on how i'm supposed to turn that light switch on. Right. Mm-hmm. Not going to do it exactly right. So mm-hmm. keeping it simple is very important. So i mm-hmm. always say simplify and standardize wherever possible mm-hmm. with flexibility for folks to to still feel
2: ownership, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, and we don't want to make it too simple. Um, I work with people on developing social media policies for their companies, and and it's always funny because and, and I tell them you need that, you know, <laughs> you you need that in your company whether you're using social media or not. Your employees are, and I've seen a social media policy that was literally thirty three pages long. Right. In other words, the attorneys got a hold of it. Right. To one that said, "Be an adult." Okay, no. that's not.
0: More, I mean, exactly <laughs> simple, and, but and not so you, simple,
2: right? Yeah, yeah you, you got to find kind of the happy medium in there of telling people how to be an adult without doing it in thirty-three pages.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's part of that simplification, mm-hmm. right? You want to simplify it, but still get the meaning across. Mm-hmm. Right. Still have the, what's defined and what your expectations are, and and the big kicker is incentivized based on the leading indicators. So you've got to understand the risk
0: mm-hmm.
1: to understand what things need to be done to drive your performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's really important in that factor when you're defining your expectations, right? If I mm-hmm. define my expectations and they don't take consideration for the risks
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what ne- what leading indicators and what leading things we need to do to lead that success, then we're, 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 even if it's, even if it is only five pages Mm -hmm. or 30 pages, it's a bunch of garbled. Mm-hmm. It's no so good. It's right. not adding value.
2: Well, We've and nobody reads it. Want. That's that's what it comes down yeah. to is you know, you, you've got your two or three overachievers that will read it and memorize it, and everybody else puts it on the shelf. And you mentioned this in the in the book. You know, big companies have those rooms. rooms. Of oh the binders. They, they've got
1: fire, fire requirements <laughs> under process safety management. So those rooms have to have sprinklers. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. you know, it's or, like or the marketing plan that somebody uh-huh. came up with that's in the fancy binder and it's on the top shelf because you don't, you know, you don't want to look at it. You certainly don't want it at eye level because, of, you know, and, and if it's way up there, you don't notice that it's all dusty. You know, all of those things that we develop, mm-hmm. we don't follow because either a, it wasn't body and by, you know, some, like you said, some consultant came in and said, here, this is the best way to do it. Or it was too, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was too much of, of something.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it, interesting, I worked for an organization, I'm not going to say a name here, but they had a management system mm-hmm. that they had simplified. It was great, mm-hmm. right? From, from corporate, they had simplified it and basically said what at every site we needed to do. The mm-hmm. problem was when they sent their ideas, oh, we simplified it. Here it is. Here's this 10 page document that tells you what you have to do. Mm-hmm. But every single bullet on it, had a huge <laughs> undertaking to define yeah. the how. Mm-hmm. They were leaving the hows up to the sites.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what happened was every single site defined that how differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One might only have five bullets, one would have, you know, a five to ten page thing, and one would have a binder. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so what I did was I went through all of those requirements and I defined the how in a simple way mm-hmm. that, that would apply to everybody across the organization. Right. Mm-hmm. but it still got the job done. Mm-hmm. And I put it all in one binder. I had to buy a nine inch binder. Do you know how hard those are to find?
2: <laughs> I didn't even know you could. Oh
1: I know, right? So I get this nine inch binder and I put them all in and there's tabs where I still have stuff that hasn't been developed. Mm-hmm. And the corporate folks, you know, they, <clears throat> they come in like once a month. Um, and they came in and I, I put it on the desk and I said, here is your management system. Mm-hmm you know, if you define the house, mm-hmm. to them, they they had that, that concrete barrier again. Right. They had thought that mm-hmm. that short document. Yes, but we've already done it. Well, well, that's it. Why is mm-hmm. it so hard?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? They had thought that that management system document, the, mm-hmm. whatever it was, five pages, 10 pages, whatever it was, they had thought that that was it. And everybody should be able to do that easily. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard? And when I came in and showed them, Okay, here is what it really is. This mm-hmm. is just bullets telling us we have to define all of this. So think of how many people you have to hire and pay mm-hmm. at every side to define this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the chance for differences between this. So going back here, it's not simple as in, you know, treat everybody nicely. It mm-hmm. requires some effort. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, why should I be building this nine-inch binder of valuable stuff here? Mm-hmm. This is the simple from your too simple. Mm-hmm. Right. right. This is the house. You mm-hmm. need the house. This is mm-hmm. where everybody's missing. Senior leadership gets the consultants in. They build the 10 page thing and say, here it is. But the house is missing. Mm-hmm. And that's where they have a lot of disconnect. So I said, here's the house. This is what you need at the corporate level. It's got enough flexibility in these house. Mm-hmm. That they'll apply to everybody in the organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at least it makes sure they're all on the same path towards your expectations for success. Right. You can't just define the management system and then tell everybody to go figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Got to define the how and the how is not short, but Mm -hmm. it is needs to be simple enough that I can then take that and condense it into training programs
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and into assurance programs. So I can educate my people on my expectations. They have the backup data of the hows there. If they want to read it for more information. And then I can put assurance programs, not audits. Audits have to die. Mm-hmm. I won't be quoted on that, quote me, <laughs> because audits are probably one of the most negative culture-killing things out there. Right.
2: So we need to yeah, we're looking assessment. for what you're doing wrong. wrong.
1: That's oh, what an audit is. I want to smack government. Mm-hmm. I want to say, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop doing audits. Start doing gap assessments and working with the employers to be better. Do we want the U.S. and other countries to rise above and be great leaders and work together in harmony? Then we mm-hmm. need to stop fault-finding. hmm but you know you can do that as long as you define your expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Those hows
1: right. are included in it. Mm-hmm. Don't let pe- others write your hows. Define your hows. Right. Sorry. Yeah. It, it was funny. <laughs> I just had about this. this.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, oh, I had this flashing thought when you were talking about the nine-inch binder that it really does. You know, it, and it, my my thought on this and this is just kind of silly. It, it needs to be something like a binder because it needs to be able to change. You need to be able to take out that page because. Things change. I mean, right? You know, we you used to go down to Office Max to buy your office supplies, and now you order online from Amazon. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in there, that might be part of your how you're doing it. Um, you know, obviously, an even greater thing is technology. You right. know, as technology changes, your how has to change. And I think that's where we've seen companies fail. Is you know a lot of times they they don't change with either the technology, you know, or they just don't change with how everything else is changing. Um, you know, let's, it, it, one, one easy thing, Uber versus taxi, um, hotels versus Airbnb. I mean, you know, things are changing. And if companies don't adapt to that, and it doesn't matter if you're the, you know, the, the little one person guy. I mean, you know, if you used to go in and, and say, you know, you went in and you did, you, you went in and you did computer repair. And now people can, can, figure it out online on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's, maybe you need to be one doing the YouTube videos. <laughs> right. You just, you, you, we have to adapt. And so, you know, yeah, it needs to be a binder that you can change, you know, kind of literally and figuratively.
1: Yeah. And so the, that's, that's a good point. I want to make sure before my safety people yell at me, but uh, the binder was, an ergonomic issue, first of all. It, right. It was so I can't hold that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend anybody go make a binder mm-hmm. physically. I mm-hmm. did it just for effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and as soon as it was printed, it was out of date. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the binder was really just for a visual.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it made a point. This is this is. It's not this. It's mm-hmm. this. And you need to understand what you're asking your people to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by the way, it is out of date already. And I just printed it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. And by doing that, that goes back to your, your information, you know, the document control that, oh, I can't tell you how many gap assessments I've done where every site and one organization I've gone to gives me different documents and they mm-hmm. pull them from their organization's website. Right. They're the exact same document, but there's like 15 different versions out
0: there mm-hmm.
1: because along with big data, we have big problems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And we go and we use SharePoints and we start, stuff stuff in and if we don't have a control mechanism to make sure there's only one version
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh it gets messy fast right, right. You one over here doing one thing one over here doing another thing but they're both being told to do that because they pull them from different places on your website
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's really important too is to keep your information current
0: mm-hmm.
1: to educate your people when there changes i recommend not changing things so frequently mm-hmm. being more thoughtful with your changes and maybe you know doing them on a regular basis like once a year <laughs> or once a right. quarter mm-hmm. so you're not constantly bombarding your folks with emails. Oh, this has changed. This has changed.
2: Right. Today we'll be doing it this way.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's hard to keep up
2: with. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's funny because there again, it's like, you know, between the super simple and you know the really complicated, there's the, the you know that we've always done it this way, so we're always going to continue mm-hmm. doing it this way too. Oh, we change it every day type of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So you see, going back to the balance, why this is so important. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's finding that balance, and that's one reason I'm I've developed, this patent pending now, a, a tool that that actually helps leaders and groups and teams consider balance when they're making their decisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we don't do that. We think yes or no, black and white. I right. mean the 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 balance. That uh, the Lady of Justice holds, right, mm-hmm. is the two tray balance, and and that's not how our world works. Mm-hmm. We are constantly shifting our balance; is like a a rotating circle, you know. And that's that's what I've done with the balance is is I've made it a continuous loop balance
0: mm-hmm. circle
1: to where you can place considerations anywhere on that tray i just mm-hmm. made this through three places for people performance and public but mm-hmm. you can imagine that so anywhere where you put too much effort right it's going to cause that part of the balance to go down into too much focus
0: mm-hmm.
1: and wherever it's not balanced those areas will go up right into increased risk. Mm -hmm. So you've got to consider that. How do we approach our decisions in a more balanced way? Mm -hmm. And part of that is not throwing out something new every day. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to be very disruptive to your organization. Um, It's potentially going to damage your culture and Mm -hmm. prevent you from being successful. Mm -hmm. So here you are trying to do good stuff and you're killing your company. Mm -hmm. We've got to stop doing
2: that. Right. Well, and in your book, you talk about, you know, and we've mentioned it before standardization. I mean, that helps keep that balance without just, you know, and again, we, you know, we want to say, you know, we're not telling employees or volunteers or, you know, whoever it is, you can never do, you know, because we want them to be innovative. We want them to come to us. But where you can standardize, standardize so they know okay, this is what we have to do, you know? And, and I mean, some of it, it might be like HR policies. Um, you know, you, you have to do a timesheet, you know, everybody has to do the timesheet. I mean, you know, there are things that obviously can be standardized and it, it doesn't matter what your company is or what the size of the company is. You can standardize some things.
1: You can standardize everything, mm-hmm. dear. everything. The trick is when you're standardizing everything, you can standardize an innovation,
2: right? You you build that in.
1: Yeah, you say here's our innovation practice, and in mm-hmm. order, you know, to innovate out of what we currently have, right? For you know the, the you say the timekeeping. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, we did hand time cards, right? We've we've progressed from mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and then we can continue to improve. So. Have an innovation or continuous improvement practice that actually explains for everything you've standardized, here is how we go about making it better.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and again, that's where you encourage the employees because they're going to be the ones that say, you know what? I spend 15 minutes every day just doing my timesheet. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have to do it this long, drawn out way, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. What if we had an online process that tracked me, or you know, something like mm-hmm. that? I mean, there's certainly ways. A- again, because it, we have the, the the leaders know that the people in the trenches are the people who truly know what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they some do, <laughs> right? <laughs> some do. Some mm-hmm. don't admit it, right? Mm-hmm. They think they don't know anything, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, but that's, as long as you have in there a way for folks to innovate and improve Mm -hmm. and get their voice heard, you can standardize everything.
2: Right. You know, and and we mentioned that, you know, people have to know that that they can say things. And so you know, maybe if you haven't been allowing people to 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 do this, maybe that you know, you start with a suggestion box so people can anonymously say things. You know? but yeah. bring, bring bring them into this slowly, but again you have to value it. Um, you know, I'm I'm this huge Big Bang theory fan. People who've listened to the program for a long time know that that I love that and one of my favorite episodes is when the president of the university goes to Sheldon and he tells him, "You, know, you have got to stop" inundating my suggestion box with suggestions because of course you know Sheldon obviously knows the best way to do everything. Yeah. And so he's just continually putting in suggestions. Um, you know, and, and then of course they're ignored, but he keeps trying. Um, but you know we we do need to know that that we can make those suggestions and they'll be heard. Now it yeah. might not be something that can be implemented. But then you need to be able to tell them why. You know, maybe it's cost. Maybe it's we don't have the manpower. All these various things. But, you know, if you heard the suggestion and, you know, thought about it, it, then tell people, okay, well, we can't do this because but, you know, maybe we'll be able to do it in the future. You know, that's, that's how we have people who now work from home and, you know, all these various things, because, you know, we, you know, initially it was, you want to work from home. No, no. Well, then they saw that when people work from home, they actually, in many cases, well, hopefully in all cases, you know, that's the ultimate goal, are more productive, um, you know, but it, yeah, it, it's, it, if not now, then maybe later is, is maybe a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Suggestion boxes, again, like to your point, you got to be mm-hmm. careful with how you roll them out. If you mm-hmm. just put one and have people put in it.
2: Right. And you if you never some, empty you the box, right, we've all seen the suggestion stuff. boxes that never get emptied. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you have to have those expectations mm-hmm. for the employees putting in it. So one, one thing I like to say is that's a leading indicator, mm-hmm. right? So putting some type of incentive around making suggestions that actually make a positive impact mm-hmm. for the organization, to your point, you still have to respond to it. Right. Brazil. i worked with an organization who they 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 started collecting you know turn in your you know any observations or suggestions and they were turning them in and all they were doing was counting them right oh we got they were turning today. in the number because right. the organization has uh-huh. set a goal to turn in yeah. a number and yeah, so they were turning in because
2: they put in 30 <laughs> a thousand right, right. And, but
1: but in doing that I, was, I said are you are you actually looking at them? I mean, people are making suggestions. Are you doing anything? No, we're just counting them because we have to turn in a number. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So really That's cool example. Because,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, the people who got a thousand went, yay, we got a party. And then they realized, yeah. wait a minute, nothing we suggested, you know, ever saw the light of day.
1: Yeah, no, but they were being told they had to turn something in. So if you mm-hmm. looked at the details, this was yep. the fun part. I said, let's pull these out and start looking at them. Mm-hmm. The, the The stuff they were turning in was <laughs> there's a, there is a rock in my path and it's on right. a gravel walkway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they were turning in junk. Oh, yeah. To get the numbers mm-hmm. and not quality. And so we talked about ways they could improve it. Like this was one of those out there, not a lot of um, internet connection kind of places, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we, like, we were looking at scantrons. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a little scantron form that they can write their suggestion on and they can sign saying, yes, I need follow up mm-hmm. or this is something, you know, because they couldn't use an app mm-hmm. and, you know, collect this and then you're actually getting data. And if people are just saying, I saw this and fixed it, mm-hmm. kudos. Right? right. But if it's something to where I see something that needs to be fixed, they can check the box that says mm-hmm. fill in the circle so that you get triggered to do something about right. it. and You can start tracking actual value mm-hmm versus just numbers but again they did it that way because the organic culture the the Mm -hmm. corporate set the expectation Mm -hmm. on the lagging indicator the number turned in right Mm -hmm. not the leading indicator the quality of what was being Mm -hmm. brought and what was actually being acted on Mm -hmm. if they would have set it on the leading indicator imagine what would happen Mm -hmm. how many of your suggestions and observations uh did you respond to it and what was done for them, you Mm -hmm. know, and what was done about it? What change? what impact did it have to help the organization?
2: Well, and when you force it, you know, it, it never works. You know, I've been parts of networking groups where we were forced to have a certain number of interactions with other members. Well, you know, all we did was we got together and had coffee. You know, we, there was nothing good in it, you know, all these various things. And, and again, like you said, you know, you might force it and get a thousand and you're thinking, wow. But maybe one was what you needed, you know, and, 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 but that one either was in there and got lost in the shuffle or was never even suggested.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and don't forget that making people turn in 10 a week, Mm -hmm. I've had this in a culture assessment too, creates not so happy workers. Right. Because they feel like they're being told to turn something in that doesn't add value. Mm-hmm. They then lose, it loses all impact. They're not going to mm-hmm. turn anything good into you and they're not going to respect you when you ask
2: for right. something. And if they're really they're, smart, they're just going to turn in the same stuff over and over again if they know you're not reading it.
1: Yep. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they do. They turn right. in to get the numbers and it kill again, mm-hmm. culture killer. It prevents mm-hmm. your... Opportunity to
2: have a culture of success. Well, and it ends up being what they're focusing on. Um, you know, w- there's there's the the big debate with schools. You know, are you teaching just for the tests? You know, and that's that's a totally uh, different debate. But oh, you know, oh, yeah, get you get know, going. is that what you're doing? You know, are you telling people that the most important thing is to fill out these forms? Mm-hmm. Then that's all they're going to focus on. You know, as opposed to hey, you need to be doing your job. <laughs> you need you know, And and so it's it's so important.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the teaching to the test—that's a—that's a big one for me. I'm in. I have ADD, ADHD, ID, OCD, and growing up. You know, I'm not going to date myself, but growing up in the past, mm-hmm. the teacher we we did standardized testing got it in, like introduced late in my education as a mm-hmm. pilot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And back then, with my issues, the teachers actually took the time to set aside and work with me. You you could call me a teacher's pet, but it really wasn't. It was them trying to help me. Mm -hmm, Right. And and
2: Which that's what they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Teach me the skills. So Mm -hmm. I learned the skills to channel my energy, Mm -hmm. to channel my brain that goes, you know, a billion different ideas a minute. Mm -hmm. I learned those skills from my teachers, not my parents. My dad traveled for work. We Mm -hmm. had four kids in the family. (laughs) You know, I was like, if my mom was, you know, present. And Mm -hmm. I was taught those by my teachers, and mm-hmm. nowadays, my son, one of my sons, has the same issues I do, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to help him, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's the third party thing, right? Our schools right. don't do that. And mm-hmm. if, In fact, I just get email after email about how awful, you know, he's not mm-hmm. behaving, he's a disruption, da da da, da. you know. Um, and you medicate you're him. What? You need to medicate. Yeah, and them. you're like, no. nobody said medicate mm-hmm. me. No, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I. Bring up issues are things that my teachers did. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I had this energy, so they'd had me take notes starting mm-hmm. in third grade of whatever the teacher was saying. I took mm-hmm. notes; half of them were doodles, but no. Right? Oh, I yeah. tried to, I tried to do that in our school here. I was told no, that would be a distraction. Right. Well, more than he is now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, you know uh, the the problem, and and I don't have kids, so this is just all anecdotal. Is the the teachers don't have the resources, including time, to be able to give the the attention that they should, uh, you know, and and I mean that's just that's that's my soapbox. Is you know, yeah. we're we're not you know, and and yeah, we've got classroom sizes that are huge and all these various things. Yeah. So
1: yeah, oh but gosh. I don't think I don't think they're they're also being right. taught these skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, I think for, they're you know, taught to teach to the mm-hmm. test. Yeah. They're not taught to mm-hmm. actually lead and and develop their people.
2: Right. Yeah. Which is the premise of this whole show. Right. <laughs>
1: That, exactly. That's why when you hit it right at the end, I said, Yay. oh, we got it. We got a circle. There are countries are actually well, revising their right, education right.
2: system. Mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, at all levels, you know, kindergarten through college. I mean, you know, this, this is something that, and, and, you know, post-college, you know, things like that. So, um, well, Tabitha, oh my gosh, this has been great. And I know that we'll have you on again because you are writing more books. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be chatting with you again. But until then, how do people find you and connect with you online?
1: Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love for everyone to visit my website. It's very easy. T a laser, T a L a S E Mm R.com. And they can actually join the journey I'm on. Uh, if, if you read the book, you'll understand more about the journey Mm -hmm. uh, to impact a more positive future Mm -hmm. and, uh, just join up on the website and, and get the updates. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you as well, especially if you read the book, I'd love to hear feedback. Um, It'll be valuable towards the next book. Great. And there's about 40 of them. So. Hey. Perfect. Perfect.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, what thought would you like to leave our listeners with?
1: I would just like to leave everybody with the thought that we all have the potential to impact positive change. Mm -hmm. We just have to look at what we have control over and what we have the ability to do. Stop looking to have others impact change, see what we can do and take that first step.
2: Perfect. I love it. And what a good way to end. So I am Deb Creer. I've been having a delightful conversation with Tabitha Laser. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
1: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real life stories and techniques to power up your business.